to welcome each and every one of you to our services today at Berkeley Evangelistic Association. I'm very glad that you tune us in and are faithful to listen to us in the studies that we do here. Today we're going to continue with the latter part, part three, the last uh, section of the doctrine of prayer. Uh, we're going to look at the four categories of the petition in prayer. And we want to thank each and every one of you for being with us today. And we welcome you. First time visitors, you're especially welcome. We thank God for the opportunity we have to do this program and this broadcast and that you tune in and listen to us as it's uh, broadcast around the world. And we thank you very much for attending. Let's have our opening prayer. We'll get right into our study, the doctrine of prayer. We're in uh, chapter one, actually. And we're in the third part, the doctrine of prayer, four categories of petition and prayer. And we'll get right into that after we pray. Father, thank you for this new day that you've given us, Lord. We uh, open our minds and our hearts to your spirit. We pray, Father, that you would fill us with your spirit, that we would be able to present this uh, study, this lesson, in a way that's pleasing to you, Heavenly Father. And that we would lift up the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for all that you do for us. And we truly don't understand how you uh, love us and the things that you've done in, your, in our lives for our salvation, Lord. And as we keep failing and failing, and the harder we try, the more we seem to fail. But Father, will they help us to understand that it's through our weaknesses that your strength is recognized. Father, give us the strength to stand in this wicked world that we live in. Be with all those that are in suffering today, Lord. I pray for the healing of those that are sick and afflicted. And Father, be with each and every one and uh, meet their needs as you see necessary. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. The four categories of petition and prayer. We come before the throne of God with our prayer of petition. And behind that petition is your desire or motive for it. There are four categories we're going to discuss that show God's view on both parts of our prayer as separate and answers each part either positively or negatively. The first one we'll look at is positive to negative. Now your petition is answered yes, but your desire behind it is answered no. You're asking for something that's in God's will that's your need, a need of yours. And God says yes, but because of the desire in your heart and the way that you're delivering it through, through your heartfelt uh, prayer, uh, he answers it no. An example of this would be you pray to make a million dollars in order for your happiness, and their answer is yes. You'll make a million dollars, but no, you will not be happy. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 5 through 9 and 19 through 20, the Jews wanted to have a human king they could see. That was their petition. So they could be like other nations. There's a desire to be happy. God answered their petition, yes, and permitted them to pick out their own king. They wanted someone who was taller someone stronger and more handsome than the kings of the nations around them. And by this criterion, they picked Saul. Their desire to be happy with the human king was answered, no. Saul turned out 
terrible, and the Jews suffered miserably as a result of his rule. Now in Psalms 106, verses 13 through 15, the Jews were tired of the great divine provision of manna, the greatest health food that ever was. They longed for the Egyptian meat and food they used to eat when they were in Egypt. God answered their petition, yes. He sent them quail. But the desire for satisfaction or food happiness, if you will, was not answered. Instead, they suffered terribly from it, and thousands of them died. Now, the next one is called negative to positive. Now, the answer to the petition is no. The desire behind the petition is answered yes. In this example, the the answer is no, you will not make a million dollars, but yes, you will be happy. Now, in Genesis chapter 17, verse 18, Abraham prayed that Ishmael, the son of Hagar, might be his heir. God said no to Ishmael becoming his heir, but yes to the desire behind it to have an heir, for he eventually had Isaac. Then in Genesis 18, verses 23 through 33, Abraham prayed that God would uh, spare Sodom. After bargaining with God, Abraham settled with asking God to spare Sodom. If there were 10 believers, if there were 10 believers, would you spare Sodom from destruction? He was sure there were at least 10 believers in that large city of perhaps 200,000 people. He was wrong. There were only three believers. The petition to spare Sodom was answered no. The desire that Lot and his two daughters be preserved was answered yes. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 9, Paul prayed, and here we go back to the thorn in the flesh again. Paul prayed three times that God would remove his thorn in the flesh. God answered no to the petition. Because his suffering was a blessing of providential uh, preventative suffering designed to strengthen his spiritual self-esteem so that he might advance to spiritual independence. The more stable stage where one is less prone to arrogance. So his desire to continue to grow in grace and uh, glorify God was answered yes. Paul prayed intensely for this thorn to be removed. If God had answered Paul's prayer, Paul would have missed out on one of the greatest blessings of life, spiritual maturity. The Lord did not even answer Paul until after he had prayed three times. Remember what the Lord does. He does not remove by way of intense suffering. He intends for us to resolve through the 10 problem-solving devices that we discussed earlier. And you do not pray about adversity. You use your problem-solving devices. Now, number three, positive to positive. Okay, both the petition and the desire are answered yes. In Judges 16, 28, Samson was blinded and tied up in the temple of Dagon. Then Samson called to the Lord and prayed, saying, O Lord Jehovah, please remember me and please strengthen me just one time. O God, that with one blow 
I might get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Both his petition to strike the Philistines and his desire, revenge, were answered yes. Why? Why did he do that? Not because God approves of revenge, absolutely not. But because of the wickedness and immorality of the Philistines. Samson was the instrument that God used. He got his strength back, wrapped his arms around two pillows of the temple, and pulled the whole building down on all of them. Now in 1 Kings 18, Elijah built an altar. He dug a trench around it and prepared a sacrifice for the Lord. Then he instructed that water be poured on the offering and on the wood three times. There was so much water was poured on that that it filled a trench. And Elijah then prayed that God would light his offering on the altar with fire, and God answered yes. 1 Kings 18.38, Then the fire of God fell down and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, the dust, and also licked up the water in the trench. His desire was expressed in 1 Kings 18.36, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today... Let it be known that you are the God of Israel and that I am your servant and I have done all these things at your word. This was answered yes. In Luke 23, verse 42 through 43, is a petition of the dying thief. Then he said to Jesus, and we've used this example several times in, in other writings and studies we've done. It's very it's very uh, emotional to me that and and and. It's just so overwhelming how forgiving Jesus is. And listen to what he says. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. This petition was answered, yes. His desire was for salvation. And Jesus answered this affirmatively in verse 43 when Jesus replied to him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. In John 11, 41-45, the petition was for the resurrection of Lazarus. The desire was that the bystanders who witnessed this might be saved. Both petition and desire were answered yes. John eleven forty five. therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary saw that what he had done, what Jesus had done, and uh, they believed in him. Now, number four, negative to negative. The answer is no to both the petition and the desire. In other words, God doesn't answer either. This leads us to our next point reason for why prayers are not answered. Why the believer's prayers are not answered. General reason for failure in prayer are always related to carnality. Being out of fellowship or being resident in the world system, this refers to Satan's strategy as a ruler of this world to control believers. It is his policy for the rulership of this world. In fact, Satan is called the ruler of this world in John 12, 31. Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world shall be cast out. This is why John said, 1 John 2, 15, Do not love the world, 
nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love for the Father is not in him. And then we find in James chapter 4, verse 4, You adulteresses, do, not, do you not know that uh, friendship with the world is hostility towards God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now, Satan's worldly system is composed of two separate philosophies. Number one is Satan's exploitation of believers and unbelievers. And that covers everybody through their own arrogance. This is his means of controlling the human race. Satan invented arrogance, for arrogance was his original sin. And then point two is Satan's propaganda and indoctrination college to educate and promote antagonism toward anything related to God, especially the grace of God. We always have to remember that Satan is the enemy of God, and he has nothing but uh, hatred for everything that God does, especially God's grace and all the goodness that he pours out to the humankind. And Satan is trying so hard to stop and destroy this. Point one emphasizes arrogance and abnormal uh, preoccupation with self. Point two emphasizes antagonism and intolerance toward the plan, purpose, and will of God, as well as toward all Christians executing it. Now, that's what we just said about him hating everything that God does. The target of point one uh, is yourself. The target of point two is Bible doctrine. In point one, we destroy ourselves. In point two, we become uh, antagonistic towards Bible doctrine. So general reasons for failure in prayer are always related to carnality, being out of fellowship or still loving the world system. Psalm sixty-six, eighteen: If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. By continuing to live in the world and being part of the world, we indeed grieve the Holy Spirit, which sim uh, simply means the prayers prayed are not answered. Look at Ephesians 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. In continuing to live in the world, the believer quenches the Spirit, making the Spirit ineffective, showing that the believer is depending on his own power rather than the divine power. Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, do not quench the Spirit. In doing this, your prayers cannot be heard. We then must pray confessing our sins, and God is faithful to forgive us. Only Bible doctrine teaches the mechanics of prayer, and only Bible doctrine teaches the will of God. Your prayers must comply with the will of God and must follow the precise, correct procedure for prayer. Remember that arrogant believers never get through to the throne of God or to the throne of grace. 1 John 3.22 And whatever we ask, receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. This tells us why some prayers are not answered and that is because believers do not fulfill what the verse says. 
You can have effective prayer right from the start of your spiritual life if you execute God's commands. However, to become a great prayer warrior demands your daily intake of doctrine and the daily use of the problem-solving devices you have learned. We don't depend on others to solve our problems, but we handle our own problems from the doctrinal techniques we've been taught. To do what is pleasing in his sight describes spiritual adulthood. Therefore, failure to execute his commands and to attend spiritual adulthood, do what is pleasing in his sight, impedes, obstructs, inhibits, and undermines all effective prayer. Probably the least known of all reasons for unanswered prayer is uh, malfunction in marriage or lack of domestic calmness. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, Likewise, husbands, you husbands, live with your wives on the basis of knowledge as with a weaker vessel, since she is a woman, and show her respect as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Note that when there is a domestic problem, the husband is commanded to show the woman respect because she is a member of the body of Christ so that his prayers are not hindered. The woman is a weaker vessel since she is designed by God as a responder. Being a responder explains why the woman must be under more authority than the man. So failure in your marital life can spill over into failure into your prayer life. And failure in your prayer life simply reflects failure in your spiritual life. However, of all the categories of sin and carnality which hinder effective prayer, arrogance is the number one cause of failure. Not only in prayer, but also in the spiritual life. It is the number one reason why people are not teachable while people are not flexible, and while people do not profit from suffering. We produce our own arrogance without any help from anyone else, for we all have an old sin nature which daily knocks at the door and says, how about a little arrogance today? Now Job 35, verse 12 through 13 says this, they cry out, But he, God, does not answer because of the arrogance of evil men. Surely God will not listen to a phony prayer, nor will the Almighty regard it. Prayer is also not answered because of lust, criminality, jealousy, and false motivation, which neutralizes the prayer. James chapter 4, verses 2 through 4 is addressed to the believers. You lust and do not have, that's what you want, so you commit murder. Also, you are jealous and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask in prayer and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, so that you may spend it on pleasures or lust that you desire. And you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy, an enemy to God. The point is that lust and murder, jealousy and fighting are the wrong way to get what you want. And if you ask for the wrong motives, you won't get it either. 
Lust is a wrong motive for prayer. When some believers don't get what they want, they commit murder and frustration, and the failure of their prayer life has resulted in criminality. Remember, there are born-again believers who commit murder like David did. And then there's millions of born-again believers who commit murder every day. 1 John 3.15, everyone who hates his fellow believer is a murderer. And in James 4.2, jealousy is also a wrong motive for prayer. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. If you're jealousy of your friend or loved one, your relationship will never work because you're constantly trying to bend them to your way. And since you can't obtain through jealousy, you fight and quarrel. Lust and jealousy as wrong motives uh, both come from uh, wanting things for your pleasure. So the whole system of failure is prayer or in prayer uh, becomes failure to the spiritual life also. When the client nation is under the cycle of discipline, prayer for, for deliverance cannot be answered. This is because the justice of God is going to remove that nation. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 44. You have covered yourself with a cloud, a negative decision, so that no prayer can get through. A breakdown in faith rest drill, resting in faith, and prayer means the breakdown of effective prayer. Looking at Mark eleven twenty four, I say to you, all things for which you ask and pray, believe that you shall receive them, and you shall be given them. With a malfunction of faith rest drill and prayer, your life eventually malfunctions. Prayer is an index to your spiritual life. If you're not praying correctly or fail in prayer for any reason, that means there's some problem in your spiritual life. There's some kink, some syndrome, some arrogance. The problem will overflow to every aspect of your life. Vengeful prayers were legal and valid for other dispensations, but not for the church age believer. Now that's the reason because Jesus told us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Now back in the uh, vengeful, where vengeful prayers are basically found in the, in the Psalms, in which the author calls for a curse and a disaster to strike uh, their enemies. They prayed that God would pour out his wrath and righteous judgment upon their foes. And we the church cannot act or pray this way because we the church are here for the salvation of the people through the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you very much for listening today. And that concludes uh, chapter one, the doctrine on prayer. There's three parts. It's the it's closing of part three. I hope that it's uh, helpful to you in your studies. And I pray that God will richly bless you and open your heart to better understand uh, how to have effective prayer in your life. And in saying that, let's have our closing prayer and we'll be dismissed. Our Father and our God, we thank you today for the opportunity we've had, Lord, to study your word, to present this lesson, Lord, on prayer. And I pray that you would open our minds and our hearts, Lord, to understand everything that was uh, discussed here. Lord, that we would be better prayer warriors, that we would understand uh, the sincerity of our prayers towards you. 
Father, be with each one that's listening today. I pray that you would bless them richly with your blessings and go with us safely and keep us safe with your hedge of protection around us. Be with the sick and the needy. Lord, we uh, lift them up to you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.